everybody this is Naja, and i'm here with an episode of i know i'm crazy now i have not only a fellow blender but a good friend of mine tim tim runs a platform called blend credible a lot of you guys have probably heard him or seen him around he's been doing work for how many years now tim how long you been around i've been around for just a little under eight years under the surface and on water, probably, yeah, probably about three years on top of the water. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's a big difference, right? You know, are you above water or are you slowly sinking? Cause a lot of people that are listening to, I know I'm crazy. Some, you know, we realize that some days are good. Some days you're a sinking ship and some days you are the ship and some days everybody is the whole. So, you know, like this, this is what we do here at I know I'm crazy. And Tim, I forgot to ask you, damn, I got to get better about this. So everybody that comes on, I know I'm crazy, the podcast, they have to tell us why they themselves are crazy. So wh- why are you, why do you know you're crazy, Tim? Oh, this is easy for me. I can do this <laughs> okay. with my eyes closed and one hand tied behind my left ear, walking backwards <laughs> in the snow up the hill with no shoes. I know I'm, this is the second blended family I have taken on as a stepdad. I mean, like right <gasps> after the first one. Yes. Oh. Crazy bells going off. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh, yeah. As we stay in the South, mm-hmm. Tim, you might be nuttier than squirrel shit. Tim, you are <laughs> nuts. <laughs> Twice. You know, so Twice, many. Nausea. So many stepmoms that I talk to. And you know, stepmoms are quite vocal, especially here on this platform. They're like, listen, if. If this doesn't work out, I ain't ever doing this again. Did you ever find yourself saying that after your first, first go-around as a stepdad? Yeah, I did. And I find myself saying it sometime, depending on what day it is here now. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim. So one of the major disparities that I hear between step-parents, and especially, you know, when we drill down to stepmothering versus stepfathering, is that a lot of stepmothers will say, oh, well, stepdads have it easy. They don't have to deal with what we have to deal with. They don't have a similar feeling of isolation and negativity that we have. And I mean, I, I just want to know, what do you, as a person that's been in the stepdad position twice, how do you respond to that? Uh, I respond in two ways. First, I agree with them immediately. Now, <laughs> that, comes, that comes with a caveat, of course. But I agree with them wholeheartedly and immediately. I don't even mess around with that question. That's not even a debate. What stepmoms have to go through mentally, psychologically, um, is no comparison um, to what stepdads have to go through. We go through those things just at a whole different level. And the next thing I I tell them after that, because this is not a new debate or a new discussion, you know that. Mm -hmm. The next thing I tell them is, you're right. Not only do we as stepdads not have to do the calisthenics mentally and emotionally that you do as women, we are wired different anyway. We just slot compartmentalize things and we make things as though they are obstacles to, to be worked out to perfection. So mm-hmm. when we enter into a home as stepdads, we immediately come in with the idea of 
show me where I fit. And if I like it, I'll get that and I'll be that. But if I don't, I will create a space that I do like, and this is where I'll be. And that's quite unfair to stepmoms because you don't get that opportunity. You don't get enough. Yeah, I agree with them when they say that and it catches them by surprise almost every time. And they just stand there for a minute or we just have silence on the phone um, when we speak. But yeah, because they're trying to process, did he just agree with me? Yeah, I did because it's true. And you know, everybody does want to take on the role, and I hate to say this, of a victim. Everybody wants their complaint to be heard. They want their feelings to be acknowledged. But if what you're saying kind of sounds like, I go in this house, I manspread and I make a space for me and y'all can fit around Mm -hmm. it. And if not, then, you know, I'll decide if I want to be here or not. So it sounds like stepmoms can have it a little bit easier if they just took on a man's attitude. No? You're right. I think you, and you said it best <laughs> when we spoke. You were visiting me on the podcast about it. And the problem is um, with stepmoms. And when you said that, I thought she's got it. Wait, uh, Tim, repeat that yeah. because we it broke up. Repeat that what you just said because it sounds like you were giving me some props and everybody needs to hear this. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, everybody needs to go ahead and, yeah, and understand that. what. Yeah, because what you said in our episode, um, when you visited me on the Incredible podcast, you said it perfectly. You said the issue with stepmoms is we don't know when to jump on and when to jump off. And I said, she's got it. That's it. Mm. That will solve, if not three-fourths of the problems in homes, it would definitely come close to half. It's, every, you know, it, it, it's just amazing, the simplicity of that statement. Um, it's not necessarily easy to work, work through if you're a female, because you're not wired that way. Everything about you is wired to receive. So everything about us is wired to give from what we work and how we work to what we do in the bedroom. We give, we're not receiving anything. We give it. You're wired to receive everything open, ready to receive. And you do that and you internalize everything. So when we come into the home, it's not that way. We come into the home to give. And if what we give is not received, we'll find someplace else to open and vent that, whether it's sports or outside with the guys, whatever it is, we'll find a way. So how are when you coming we, into a home where what you have to give is not being well received, it's not being appreciated? Um, how long can one go? Can you go on forever like that? You'd be like, all right, I'll just go play shoot pool with the boys or I'll go and play basketball. Or I'll go to the gym. But how long are you expected to just not have everything that you're giving to, to be received well? This is my second marriage as a stepdad. So obviously something in my first marriage wasn't right. Something didn't mm-hmm. click. Something never connected. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that however beautiful everything else was in that relationship, because I don't want to paint it as though it wasn't, it really was. It was just the fact that to your point, there was only so much I could do and be as a man, because now I have to get into my humanity. Now you take the gender off and then you get to our humanity. We're all stripped to our humanity and you're right. There's only so much in our humanity we could take. Mm. We, whether it's emasculation, whether it is comparison, whether it is the option to not progenerate, right? And all that means is the family's not giving me as a man the opportunity to regenerate into this child what I want to teach him or her. Mm-hmm. 
So when that's taken away from us as men and we're created to procreate, that's to thrive. If we can't do that, that's a disconnect. And I think that's what happened. And to your point, there's only so much of that any man, any man can do and still remain engaged. Put that caveat Mm. in there. Engaged, engaged, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And so I guess without going too too deep into the past, um, we read that what is it? What's the statistic for second marriages? Is it like it's it's like a very damning number? I'm not. As a matter of fact, it's such an ugly number. I'm not even going to say it because most of us know it's low. <laughs> yeah, our it's low. It's kind of low. But with your mm-hmm. first marriage going into it, you guys were already blended. Would you say, looking back in hindsight, it's always 2020. Would you say that a lot of the step parenting issues or the blended issues that, were those some of the were those the things that kind of led to the breakdown? of the first marriage we they had that had about a quarter about a quarter okay okay and with about a quarter of that i mean that's 25 percent. and so one thing i can i can look at it though and say well if it's 25 percent blending stuff what other issues or holes in the marriage came about because of blending stuff you know that one issue to get the expectations yeah expectations really I think those are, if, if we got down to it, whether it was the male or the female, we come into a blended family with a different set of expectation than one of a quote unquote traditional family. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have a need to be seen and appreciated at a whole other level than the traditional family spouse does. Because by birthright, you get a pass into influence child's life in a traditional family. Whereas you don't get blended family. I don't care if you go into a family and the baby is six months old when you meet him or her. One day, something has to be child. And when that thing happens, then it's up to the child how they're going to process that and what they're going to do with that. And at that instance, they need to make the decision whether they're going to let you remain and have that birthright or whether they're going to take that and decide to do something else with it. And so when did you know that um, this is over? Because there might be somebody yeah. listening right now that's on the verge of saying, you know, I got to pull the plug on this thing. I made a mistake. When did you mm-hmm. know that this is not what I can see for the rest of my life anymore? Yeah, when the little things stopped mattering. And uh, it, I wish it was something really deep. It's just not. It's just that. When little things stop mattering, family-wise. Okay, everybody, so we're back. We had like a minor technical issue. You all know it was a little laggy before, so it was on my end. I had to switch over connection, but it was so good that I didn't want to be interrupted. So, Tim, the question that we left off on, but, but because you are a, like, you're crazy because this is your second round as a stepdad. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> but what... What was it that caused the the first situation to come apart? Was it step parenting or or co parenting or blending issues? Yeah, it that had a lot to do with it. My first son was going through a lot of things as a young man. His dad was here but not here, so the only vocal viewpoint he had to express any type of thing, joy, anger, frustration, was me. So. Oh. My, yeah, my challenge and the so 
contrary children in the blended family situation. And catalyst for me in the teaching process. So it had a lot to do with his mindset and his position in the home and also some things that, that were going on just between his mom and I as adults that we mutually agreed, hey, you know what? We see things differently from two different levels. Our visions are never going to meet this way. So we split ways. Oh, so what type of advice would you give? Because I know two or three stepdads right now that are kind of dealing with something, something a little similar. I'll give you an example. I was speaking to a, a friend of mine and he was like, you know, my wife and I have decided to separate for a while. I said, why? He said, I got into a fight with my stepkids. I said, what do you mean a fight? And then he proceeds to tell me that their dad had recently um, come into a lot of money. Their dad who had been pretty much absent and a disappointment for their entire lives. I believe this man had been in their life for about 10 years in the stepdad role. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was one of those situations where the kids felt abandoned and dad was always making excuses and the majority of things financially, as far as paying for college, all this stuff fell on stepdad. Well, bio dad, biological dad comes into money and all of a sudden the youngest son, who I believe is a teenager now, 14, 15, somewhere, basically he's done being raised pretty much. Dad is like, I want him to come live with me. And he starts putting it in the son's head. And the mother's like, well, I don't think that's a good idea because he's not really ever brought you to the state that he lives in to see you. He's not, I don't know if he's responsible. Where will you be living? And all they know is dad is coming to some money and Mm -hmm. dad's promising this great life. And so the kids are, as you mentioned earlier, starting to rebel because their parents are not, their biological parents are certainly not aligned. And it Mm -hmm. kind of appears like stepdad is like, wait a minute now, you know, here is, you ain't my daddy. Here's where that comes into play. You know, this person that's invested in them all their lives. And so it became, uh, they had a family meeting. One of the kids tried to walk away from the table. And then stepdad is like, hey, sit down. Stood up and was like, sit down. I guess one of the kids thought that stepdad was going to do something to them. And boom, it got wild. My dad said, I don't have to do anything you say. You're not my father. He said, I'm the man. I'm really the man of the house. And so this boy raises up on stepdad, first time ever in his life. These Mm -hmm. seeds are planted. And so the mother gets involved and it becomes this big family melee. And okay, I'm just going to ask you, like, you know, what advice would you give to a man that's in that position? Would you just say, hey, man, hang it up? He, He doesn't have any biological children, by the way, with this woman. And at this point, it's gotten physical. And the melee, I believe in the melee, it got physical with everybody. Because, you know, it's one person trying to push someone off the other and mm-hmm. tempers are flying and emotions are high. Um, so what would you recommend that this, this fella do? Wow. Well, the first thing I would say is as much as your ego and as much as everything in you that requires some sort of affirmation and appreciation as much as you can, put those things where they belong and understand that what this child is saying is correct. Now, you're saying it is wrong. What he's saying is true. The difference between my second marriage and my first one is I got it through my head that I am not the dad. And it makes so many things in this home so much easier. Mm. Now, 
what he's saying is true. <laughs> you're not my dad. The issue we do come across as men and mothers do it so more than we do is we made into this father zone because the father's not around. So we glide into this zone and subconsciously own it. And the thing about it is you cannot own it. It's not yours to own. I don't care how the family looks, how many pictures you take, how many matching shoes you buy. That father space is not yours to own, period. Get it through your head. Now, once you have that mindset, things like that would go like this. Hey, where are you going? I'm done with this meeting. Okay. I'm talking to your mom and we'll talk to the people who want to sit here and listen. You're not my dad. You're absolutely right. I am not. What is your decision and what do you think you want to do? Well, I think I want to go live with my dad. I think you should. I think he deserves the opportunity to raise you, at least for another year or so. And then you remove all mother instincts out of the way, get all the emotion out of it, and look at it for what it is. This is a man who wants his son to come for whatever reason. And this is a son who wants to go with the only person on this planet who can hold that spot in his world. That's not the stepdad. That is this man's father. So what would I do? What would I say? I would say, own your position. Your superpower is this. You get to step, step out whenever you want, man. Mm. Why would you choose to step in and stay in when it's clearly a time for you to step out? That's the beauty and the purpose of your power. Don't give it up for someone who doesn't care about it. I'm not saying the child doesn't because I know he does. But when you give your power up to a guy that's not even in your home, he's pulling strings and pushing buttons from another state and another county. And y'all in here and pushing the buttons. Don't give him that power. Use your own power. You're the stepdad. Step and get right back in your seat and recline. Get some popcorn and walk there that way. You're the visionary for the home. Mm. Mm. So in cases like this where we do see a stepson bucking up against a stepdad or, you know, there might be a shoving match or it gets, you know, this little boy now has it in his head. He's the man of the house because someone in the, on the outside has, has filled his head with this. Do you see that there, is there any way for repairs to happen in this relationship, in that marriage, if things go the physical route? Oh, absolutely. Now they, we've never gotten my first, but there were some moments where had I mentally, there would have been. Okay. So, and it just got to a point to where we were divided. He didn't want me around, didn't want me in his space at all. Um, fast forward now, that's my guy. Every time I see him, I make it a point to hug him because I'm so proud of himself. Mm. And I'm always glad to see him. So yes, reap the words. So I would assume that the teenage Only, and here's the here's the tricky part, Naja. Uh huh. The teenager what? Oh, I was just no. Go ahead, go ahead. I I I mean to interrupt. No, I think the the tricky part is this. The tricky part is as an adult, you have to yield the right of way for healing. To the child. That's the part we get tripped up on because we see what has to happen. 
we understand what we need to do. We know the moves that need, that need to be made. So we start trying to do those moves to repair something that we don't have the power to repair. That is only going to be up to that child, especially if he's a teenager and he's a young man. We give him the options. We set the stage. We give him the tools. It is up to him to go ahead and begin the nurturing process to heal that thing. And he will. This man's been in this guy's life, most of his life. He will. But he's got to understand that that is something that is this child's right and privilege to do. We can't do it for him. How do you deal with as a step parent? Because you're like one thing I always tell stepmothers, you know, they'll complain, oh my God, stepdad's role isn't like ours. I said, honey, more than likely the mother, the biological mother is going to be the custodial parent. So stepdad already knows that he's going to be living with those kids. I said, at least you, some of you stepmothers that are non-custodial, which is probably the majority of step modern day stepmothers, those kids are not living in your house full time. And so, you know, I don't, I can't say I envy that. I don't, I don't envy that at all about stepdads. Just from hearing some of the stories that I've heard about some things that happen in these homes. Um, but Tim, let me ask you this. How would you personally, as a step-parent, how do you navigate dealing with a parent that's outside of your home trying to undermine your authority to their child? In your case, it would have been a man. Um, right. How yeah. are you supposed to do that? Well, the first thing is prepare yourself mentally. I would prepare my, myself mentally. And that's what I did um, because he did till very late in the game to where things were going almost off the rails. And that's when he showed up. And by that time I had been mentally set and prepared. The thing I would do is prepare myself mentally that what's happening is not personal. It's just not. It's hard to differentiate, but that's the first thing I would do. Understand that thing that is happening in this home with this parent that is not here, that is trying to undermine or trying to undermine influence or trying to undermine um, reflection. None of that's personal. Not for me. The first thing that I mindset that way. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I would do is yield the right away. Yield it. I mean, it sounds, it sounds swanky and shallow, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you practice this, even on things, yield the right away to this child to go and to do and to see and ease the thing, yield the right away to the parent that's not there. I didn't say yield your position, yield the right away. What does so that mean exactly? It means this, for example, um, if I'm here and you say that the stepchild is going to be going to summer school, they need to, then the parent says, well, no, I, he's going to come with me. That for me, it's not, a, it's not a battle. That is a stop sign right away to why. Because at the end of the day, something is going to happen. One, he's going to have to go. I'm not an I told you so, but the child would know. And B, it's not something that is worth fracturing the relationship with my child and I. So when I say right away, simply weigh it out. Is it something that is worth fracturing your relationship over? Pretty easily identified. Mm. I see. I understand. Now, earlier you said, don't take these, these person's actions personally, 
with the fact mm-hmm. that they're trying to undermine you or your authority or um, change the way that their child perceives you as their step parent. And while we can say, oh, it's really not personal, it's how they see themselves. They're insecure as a parent. They're projecting their insecurities on you, onto you. And I tell this to people too, like, listen, it's not personal. But that's like saying, hey, Naja, that bitch punched you in the face, but it wasn't personal. She wasn't really trying to hit you. She was projecting her insecurities. I'm like, well, right. I'm gonna hurt so. I know <laughs> right. I'm now. So, right. So how how do we not take it personally to the point to where it affects us? By understanding that it is. So here's the trick, and here's the thing. When you say don't take it personally, let's understand something. That doesn't mean that it's not meant to be personal. So <laughs> let's just get that in the open. Let's just get that in the clear. Because a lot of times it is personal. A lot of times they are aiming right at you. They're aiming at your authority. They're looking for chinks in the armor. They are looking for times where you missed it. They're looking for anything and ears are itching to hear anything this child has to tell them about anywhere you fall short. So yes, it is personal. The issue is don't take it personal. That's the issue. How do you do that? You understand that nothing, no one or no place can usurp your authority and usurp your position in them unless you give it to them, unless you period. So for me, I always knew, even in, in the first, no matter what happened between me and my stepson, one thing I always is that this position was not something that I took. This position was not even something that I was given. This position in the home, when it came to his home, was something that I earned. And that was not something that he had the power to take away. So mm. I looked at that. Mm. It was something that he does not have the power to take away. Yet so many of us hand them our power on a platter and they pull it and spit it out. We sure do. We pay the shipping. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. we, we, we gift wrap it. Y'all are gift yes, we do. power, giving it to these people. Yep. Shipping it in mm-hmm. we are. Let me ask you this. Why would a, if a man sees and this is kind of a rhetorical question because I know the answer, but you know, this is something that we all have to ask ourselves. Like, damn, if you see another man is in the home caring for your child's mother, caring for your child, more than likely seeing him more than you see him, why in the hell would you make it so this child cannot get close to this fella? Um, let's go beyond insecurity, Tim. Let's talk about some other whys some other reasons why a parent, a biological parent would undermine the authority of a step parent. We are not insecure about another male in our children's lives, in our son's lives. That's not what causes us to act crazy or causes us to do different things. What causes a man, especially in our position, to think that they may be losing something is the opportunity to fill that space that can only be filled once at every stage in that young man's life. Someone else is getting the opportunity to reflect their nature in the lives of my child as long as they're around them and I'm not. So, you know, we've been doing all that. I've had a million questions for Tim, everybody, but I haven't told you that much about him. I'm going to actually step aside and let him give you a little bit of his backstory if you haven't already been to, able to surmise it. So Tim from Blend Credible, take it away, Tim. Who are you? <laughs> well, I am a stepchild three times. I am a stepdad twice. I am a blended family enthusiast 
Why? Why am I that? I am that because I've been the child in the blended home who was confused as hell, wanted to love everybody that gave him any time, but didn't know how to do it. So, and, and to the parent's point, they didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to slot that and divide that and share that and nurture that. So when I say blended family enthusiast, I have no problem owning my superpower. Superpower is connection with children in the blended family environment. Okay. Um, I, that is my superpower and that is where I yield. That is my point of power. So um, that's me. Um, I have a, and called incredible, of course, we mentioned that earlier. And that is my little space of the internet, space of the world where I get to be of service. So that is it in a nutshell. That's the five cent tour of who I am. <laughs> and that's such a superpower, superpower though. You have the perspective of being a stepchild. And I do have a lot of women that listen to this. So you had a stepmom. You mm-hmm. had a stepmother yourself. What are some really good memories that you have of your stepmom and things that she personally did for you? She reinforced the strength of my bio mom. Oh, how so? Yeah. She would tell me from time to time, it takes a lot for a woman to allow another woman to raise her son. And that's what she would tell me. Mm. Oh, and so she was in a custodial. So you, you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I moved, I moved with her and my dad when I was 13. Ah, okay. I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she, she reinforced my mom's strength that way. And she didn't have any biological children and she still doesn't to this day. So, oh, so you're um, only baby. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my sister. What so, do you call her? Depends on where we are. Um, if, we're at, if I'm at the house, um, I may call her mom. Once in a while, if we're out, you know, together at the casino, she's Penny <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> that's my road dog. Right. So um, it depends on what we are and what we're doing. Mm. Do you ever remember any instances where she overstepped or where she made you uncomfortable? No, not one. And that's so fortunate. Not one. And you said you had two stepdads and that's right. And you were custodial with your father. So that meant that when you were going to see your mom, you were, it was in a non-custodial capacity. So you were, what, every other weekend or summers or something? Well, so Summertime. Well, summertime with my dad. Mom until I was 13. So the oh, stepdads okay. were in the home. Mm-hmm. So did that affect so, your ability to connect with these men? Oh, yeah. Yeah, in so many ways, because I man, growing up and my bio dad for me in a emotional sense or even a consistent did his thing and that's what he did. So these guys in the home caught me right at a time where whether young men like to admit it or not, we are looking for something to validate us and especially another man. So, yeah, I didn't find it um i was at 10 11 12 okay okay so that's interesting because i had my bio dad i knew who he was but him being the bio dad and not being the father is two different things yeah 
Mm. Exactly. Well, I thank you so much, Tim, for coming on. I know I'm crazy and being crazy. <laughs> My pleasure. And tell them My what pleasure. You can all platforms at Blend Credible. It's just like Blend, putting the word incredible, smashing them together, making something beautiful. It's called Blend Incredible. You can find me there or you can just go to the website, blendable.com. And, and if you didn't catch any of that, then I'm going to share it all on the blog. You all know exactly where to go. And I'll, I'll post a pretty picture and Tim's bio and all the good stuff. And we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Well, every other Tuesday, because y'all know I don't be feeling like hosting every week. Every other Tuesday, it's, it's scheduled. I know I'm crazy. <laughs> I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. Now you're hard.